if you're trying to figure out your offer for the first time, Mandy, you've got an unfair advantage versus the general business consultant because that's what you've done dozens and dozens and dozens of times versus if I'm just kind of a general business consultant. I mean, no business well, I may have even built some good offers, but I don't have a, a framework that I can just plug in and say, oh, here's you know what works. We just need to tweak what you have to this model. So there is a lot of compounding that creates a lot of profitability on the back end of delivering that service, but it also creates a huge win for the end client in terms of getting results a lot faster and a lot less expensively. Is your current success putting a lot of demands on you? If you're good at what you do, and you are, then everyone wants you. But that's no way to scale. If you're delivering spectacular results, you should be commanding higher fees, working with only the best clients. Welcome to the Hands-Off CEO Podcast, where world-class agency owners and consultants learn how to fully monetize their expertise and scale profits by doing less. Here's your host, Mandy Ellison. Hello, this is Mandy Ellison, host of the Hands-Off CEO Podcast. Today on our show, we have Gray McKenzie from Zen Pilot. And Gray is a bona fide process nerd who's gone under the hood with 2,600 plus digital agencies over the past nine years in search of the best way to build and lead healthy, profitable teams. And ZenPilot is ClickUp's largest implementation partner, and they help agencies streamline their processes, project management. Welcome to the show, Gray. Yeah, thank you, Mandy. I'm excited to be here and chat with you. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things I love about Gray and the work that they're doing over at ZenPilot is they really understand the big picture behind not just systems and processes and how do we do project management, which is like such a siloed approach of looking at business, but I know that they look at it from a really big perspective. I've had an opportunity to meet up with Gray a number of times. He's come and spoke to our private client group on project management and implementation within ClickUp. But I just really love the work that they're doing. And I know Gray has a really good marketing mind too, which is something that I think is really important. The reason being a lot of operations are actually, the decisions are made that are made independently of the most important thing that's keeping your business going. So I love that Gray really has this like very robust, big picture view on it. And that's how he's leading his team. So Gray, so great to have you here today. Yeah. Well, we had, I had the pleasure of kind of bringing you on our podcast here not too long ago and getting to dig into the work that you're doing at Hands Off CEO. There's a lot of complimentary pieces here. So I'm excited to, excited to dig in. Yeah. Well, there's so much here. So first of all, you know, Zen Pilot, they focus on ClickUp and we absolutely love ClickUp and we would recommend it to any service-based company that really wants to have more streamlined operations. There's some of those, there's some challenges with ClickUp. I will say that it takes something to get it started up, but don't let that be a deterrent from actually getting the right pieces in place. Because one of the things that Zen Pilot has done is made it really simple to implement all of this. And, but I think we should take a, a next level up because it's not just about the tool, is it? I mean, a lot of people just get fixated and focused. Or do we want to do we want to do Asana or Monday or ClickUp or Basecamp? Like, what would you say to someone who's thinking about it that way? You think that's the most? I mean, you probably see this in like the agency Slacks or agency Facebook groups. The most popular questions are, you know, what tools are you using for project management? What tools are you using for CRM? 
and then any kind of spicy gossip. Like those are the three things that, that drive a lot of engagement in, uh, in agency groups. And that was kind of, I mean, that was our story too, like a little over a decade ago in our agency, we were jumping around from base camp. We built out this really custom setup in a platform called Podio, Teamwork, Asana, like all, the, all these different platforms. But the way that we made the decision really is not different from the way the average agency makes the decision today, which is, hey, what do other people say? And then what are the feature for feature stackups on the different websites? You know, like, oh, ClickUp says we need to be able to reschedule dependencies automatically when we change a parent task. I guess that's an important feature to have. Instead of going the opposite direction, saying like, what numbers do we need to run our business? What do we need to give clarity to our individual contributors, to our management, you know, our project managers, our account managers? And what do we need at the executive level to see? And then what's the system that gets us those outcomes really seamlessly? And okay, then, you know, like that's, let's base our decision off of a criteria instead of going and looking at the marketing and then making a decision based off of what tool happens to feel right when we spin it up on Saturday morning as we're working on the weekends. Absolutely. And one of the things that I think maybe we should even take like a whole next level up, even above project management, because one of the key things that I see that CEOs get stuck in the day-to-day in the business is in project management. It's in account management and project management. Is that what you've seen too? Yeah, for sure. You've got a couple of prototypes of agencies. You've got like the anti-agency, the people who are in-house somewhere and they had such a terrible experience. They decided to launch their own agency because they could build the anti-agency. And that's a you know very common stereotype. Then you get the accidental agency owner, which is the person who never meant to be like they were a marketer. They had some freelance people kind of, and that's our story. People told them they were good at it. They didn't really mean to build an agency. It just kind of happened to them. And then you've got the person who was working at the ex agency founder, who's the person who was working in house somewhere and said, I don't understand where all this money is going. Like I can make more money if I go do this on my own and I can be my own boss or whatever the motivators are. But you wind up with most people coming into it from a marketing perspective. And so the temptation is always, I, I need to get pulled back into client work. Like if I want this done well, I'm the best person to do it. If I want this planned well or run to my standards, I'm the person to do it. I'm the best or the most senior marketer on the staff for most early stage agencies. That's absolutely true. And so they get pulled back into client services time after time after time. Yeah. Well, and it's so easy for that to happen too, because you could have deadlines get missed and then clients are asking for, you know, where is this? And you're really stuck in between a rock and a hard place because, you know, your, your whole reputation yeah. is hinging on this. It's the promise. Talk about sales is the promise made and then delivery or client services, we, we call it delivery, is the promise kept. So if you're the person who's making the sale, that's your reputation, your agency. Yeah, it's tough to see balls get dropped or things not get out the door on time. And without a coherent system for how that all runs smoothly, regardless of the, the tooling, like that stuff is going to happen as you start to step out. So you really need, you need, you need both things. You need to have an understanding of where you deliver the most value in your business and how you want to grow things moving forward. And then you have to have a system to fill in you know, whatever you're not taking on. If you're trying to hire and get out of day-to-day project management and account management, which I would recommend to most agency owners, there's got to be a, a strong system to do that and still have it delivered on the standards that you, that you want to meet for your clients. Yes, absolutely. And when we're looking at an agency too, and this applies for high-ticket consulting companies, anyone who's working B2B at all, there's five exits. And we talk about this in our executive briefing. The first two exits are account management and then project management. And those two pieces, what we find free the CEO up, you know, 50, 75% of, of that, just those two things, right? So I, so I was just sharing that because it's really gelling with what we have seen as well. I'd love to hear, what are you seeing some of the biggest breakdowns that are keeping CEOs stuck 
and I know we kind of talked about that, but, but maybe it's, maybe it's time for us to like, look at what that is and see what are some ways that we could, we could remedy that. Yeah. I think those two are huge. The account manager dealing with the needy client. You always got, if you got 10 clients, you got one and a half to three who are exceptionally needy. And then the, the project management, making stuff run smoothly behind the scenes. I've seen this more in the last couple of years. It's always been an issue, but staffing, people spend a lot of time hiring, training, repli- you know, there's, you're in the catch 22 where you're too busy, you need to hire help and you're too busy to build the infrastructure to get somebody up to speed quickly. And that catch 22 really hamstrings a lot of agency owners. They wind up hiring people, they're inadequately trained. Either they don't work out or they work out great but the infrastructure is not there and they'll go to a better run agency who pays them more and has the infrastructure to make more, you know, they just got better systems to create more revenue per team member so they can afford to pay people more and deliver better experience at the same time. And you've seen a huge amount of turnover in the agency space in the last couple of years, especially, but, but it's always been a relatively high turnover services business. Part of that is just the nature of digital too. I mean, I think we're seeing, we'll see that hit more industries where maybe it won't be as much of an outlier. But hey, we can work from anywhere. Like we're used to working on our computers. We're all seeing each other on LinkedIn. You know, my job post is going up to your people. Your job post is going up to my people. We're all seeing kind of each other's stuff. So I'm seeing a lot of agency owners really get bogged down on the people side as well. Hiring, losing key people. And that, you know, one of the funny things about being an entrepreneur is you're always the person who gets left and you're never the person who gets to leave in those situations. And you feel like I'm building this business. I'm giving somebody an opportunity. Oh, now they left. Like you're, you're part of the story. And so I see that mindset from a lot of agencies that that really wears them down instead of accepting, hey, this, no, this is part of the journey. Like you only get to be a part of someone's story for, for so long. They're a great fit. You want to maximize that window, but that's, that's part of the entrepreneur life that also is a hang up and then can cause some, some mental garbage for some of us as well. That's a really interesting point about it's a bit of a double-edged sword where we have access to a whole world worldwide pool of talent, but also, I mean, they have access to opportunities yeah. anywhere. And that's changing rapidly too, because one of the things that I, we saw is like most of our clients have a location independent business about before COVID about 80%. And now after COVID, like 98%, <laughs> even, yep. even like the last holdouts that have companies that are really very local based, they're moving their operations online. Uh, companies that are, you know, just learning some of these new things, like getting all excited when they see what's uh, Zapier, for example. Yeah. You know, like it, it, you know, it's just something that we've known about since like the inception of it. So with that, there's so many more companies going online and there's more opportunities than ever before for people to be working online. I mean, that's one of the things that we used to have as an advantage that like you can work it from anywhere, right? And now it's like, well, that's the minimum standard, right? (laughs) Right? right. Yeah, we're in the same boat. We've been remote since 2013. I think you and I have the same story. Like that used to be a big advantage. Of course we can work remote. Like that's not even a, that's not a benefit. Well, I still think it is, it is an advantage too, because you are like, we've been working remote for 10 years, right? You can say that and say, and our systems are set up for that. Meanwhile, these other companies are scrambling, trying to make it work. And then they, and they promise, oh yeah, you can telecommute. And then when it really comes down to it, that's not what that means. So there's some broken promises there. And part of it, I don't know that they've meant to, but they probably just didn't realize what it actually took. They don't realize that you're stringing together 20 plus pieces of software to make this all work. Yeah. Those are the online, that's, most that's, of companies that, that are running online, right? That is definitely true. Yeah. There's definitely an advantage there. If you've got a streamlined operation from having been remote for a while. That's a much better well, experience to put people into. 
And I think that the work that you guys are doing as Empilons is exactly what creates that whole infrastructure that makes someone want to actually stay there. So looking at this, you were sharing with me before, there are these five keys to gold standard agency project management. Yep. And what are those? Yeah. So I'm going to go, we're going to use two different frameworks here. We'll see if we can confuse people and hopefully we won't do that too much. There are three different pieces to project management that are crucial. Like if we just break this into three macro categories, it's really simple. Everybody thinks about the tool. That's the first, I'll put it first, even though it's, it is not necessarily the first, but the first one is the technical side. Like what are the tools that you use in the tool stack, whether that's like ClickUp, like all of our clients are using or Teamwork or Asana or you know, whatever the platform is. And then what are, the, are there other pieces that are involved with that? Obviously we need a fine-tuned handoff between our CRM. So if we're using a third party, you know, HubSpot or whatever. Now I need that. In our case, we use HubSpot. So that's got to be synced up into ClickUp. What are we using for NPS, for profitability reporting, for time tracking, for you know, all the kind of tangentially related pieces. In our case, most of that lives directly inside one tool in ClickUp, but there's other agencies that I know where they've got four or five or six different things kind of strung together to make it work. So the technical side is the first bucket. The second bucket is the procedural side. So what are the processes that actually power this? Like, do we have a coherent standard for how we work together? And do we hold each other accountable to doing that? So that is both high level. Do we have a standardized client journey? This is where a lot of your work comes into play. Hey, here's the roadmap for what you're taking clients through. It's not you know, the client's not the guide who's saying, here's what I want. Can you go do it? And every client looks different. It's you're the guide and you know, you're putting clients through this standardized process. There's certainly going to be some variables in terms of what they specifically need, but a standardized process for how that gets prescribed. So that's on the high level of procedural. On the lower, more granular level of procedural, like how do we actually deliver those things? So if I'm writing a blog post, blog post for a client, or if I'm you know, doing SEO or creating a website, what's the actual process for how that gets done? And that'll get broken into, you know, here's the macro deliverable, here's the individually owned tasks that live beneath that, and here's our checklist for how we, how we do those things. So that's the second big bucket is the procedural side. And then the third piece is the behavioral side. So that is, how does the team actually face? You know, what are our standards when we're working with an agency? We'll give them all these 10 standard commandments of agency project management. And the first one is, you know, it's not in ClickUp and it didn't happen. Basically, like all of our work will get recorded inside one platform. It's not going to be you know, 30% in Slack and 20% in email and 40% in our CRM or in our PM and 10% in our CRM. It's all going to be there. If we did something, like it, it'll be tracked back. If we're moving a due date on something, something gets rescheduled. Like, are you just allowed to do that? Who's allowed to do that? Do we leave a comment when that happens? Do we explain or not? There's all kinds of examples we get into, but it's, it's really, do we have st a standardized playbook for how the team operates together? So those are the three crucial pieces that you have to get right. The technical side, the procedural side, and the behavioral side. And we could say that in nicer, friendly, you know, here's the tool that you use. Here's how you do it together. Um, here's how, you know, and, and your team's operating standards. The five steps to getting there. So that's like gold standard is, Everybody knows exactly what each tool is used for. All of your work is tracked and managed in a single platform. All, like you can get your reporting out of that single source of truth. Um, you've got well-built and pre-built process templates for everything that you do. You put clients through a specific and standardized journey and the whole team knows and operates in concert together. The five steps is the other framework. The five steps to getting there or the five keys is the, the playbook that we've built out for how agencies should basically get to that gold standard. And before you get into that, I want to just point something out. I want to point something out how you're actually modeling exactly what is required to be able to, to scale a company. There's a couple things here that you're doing. 
you're not having companies come to you and say, and they're and doing everything custom and saying, hey, well, you know what? Based on what you're doing here, let's just go ahead and create this brand new, completely customized thing for you. And I'm sure there, there's customization for everything. But if our operations are mess, what I want to do is come there and say, I want to know the best practices. And so you're really being that expert and you have gone and done the work of understanding the best practices. And then you're managing your clients to that. That gives you not only higher quality, but it also gives you scale. You obviously know this, but I want to point this out for listeners because you're modeling exactly the thing that allows you to increase quality as you scale. It's a great window. I think that one of the key points to just to tag onto that is like, how do we take risk as much as possible out of the equation? So it's not that there's no customization, but we don't want to be doing like 20% standardized, the stuff that we know that works and then 80% experimental. Like I want to flip that on its head and say, here's 80%, here's the pillars. And then for the stuff that makes you unique and different, like here's the 20% that's totally fine to go freestyle in and we can go design like what you think needs to work here. And not every company needs to operate that way, but in, you know, in our documentation around who we're pursuing, one of the psychographic things that we have is we're looking for agencies who want what works. They've got some pieces that are special, but at the end of the day, they're not trying to go reinvent the wheel and completely flip project management on its head it'll often feel like it's flipped on its head for teams internally. Like it's kind of a whole cleaning of house and, and organizing the kitchen, but it's just taking, Hey, here's the principles that work really well and putting it together. I think in that way, a lot of the work that we do is sometimes think of us as kind of like a, we're not trying to be an EOS or a scaling up or one of these frameworks for building a business. But in a lot of ways, we're trying to do the same thing. We're so tightly focused on a, a really tight niche, same thing that you're doing, that we're just trying to have a really simple, clear playbook. Like, this is just what works. It's not that we say it works. It doesn't work because we say it works. It's what works because we've studied this for a decade and this is what the best companies all get to, um, which is that combination of those, those three things. This model is what we find works best for scaling agencies. It allows them to attract the very best type of clients, charge premium for their services because they can reduce those risks because the chance of getting a result is so much higher. It just generally makes the business easier to sell to, the services easier to sell, easier to scale. Anyway, I interrupted yeah. you. Let's go back to the five steps. Cool. But I wanted to point that out because it's, you're modeling it so perfectly. It is important. So the five, the five keys to getting that kind of gold standard operation where our tooling works perfectly with our processes that make, it, make our tooling more efficient, and it's all run by a team that behaves in unison, like along the same, the same ground rules together. The five steps we put people through anybody can do this. Like people do this in a lot of different places. It's not like you have to work with Zenpilot to do this, but systems design is number one. And the reason that we start with that, and I should kind of explain like systems design is mapping out what do we need to accomplish in those three areas? So what's the gap between where we are now and what gold standard looks like? So this is things like starting with what do you need to be able to measure out of this system at the end of the day? What do you need individual contributors to know when they get to work and they log in every morning? You know, hey, I want to be able to track our profitability by client, by service, and by team member, by department. Okay, well, that's going to impact the technical hierarchy that we use, the way that we build our process templates, and then ultimately the way that we train our team and what they're tracking their time on. So kind of starting with that end in mind and working backwards. So systems design is step one. Step two is the process development. Whatever platform you're using, having those com- the common work that you do, having really easy to deploy templates in your project management system, all built for that stuff where you can just deploy it and in you know, 10 seconds, go build out, okay, here's all the tasks. Here's all the right people assigned to it. Here's our estimated amounts of times. Here's our checklist for how it's going to get done. Here's the timeline for how it's going to flow. 
all of that should be built out really simply. So the process development piece is number two. What are the best practices for how we're going to deliver this work? Three is the technical implementation and integration. We can just simplify this and say implementation, I guess, but it's really building out everything that you mapped out in the systems design and then built the playbooks for with your processes. It's building it and then hooking up where we need systems to talk to each other. Certainly there's at this, at least where we are today in 2022, there's a world for a gold standard CRM like HubSpot or Salesforce or Pipedrive and a separate world-class project management system, a ClickUp or Asana, Monday, you know, a platform, teamwork, a platform like that. Well, those two things need to talk somehow. So understanding and building those connection points. So for example, when a new client comes on board, that deal gets moved in your CRM from contract sent to closed one. What happens in our project management system to go build out the entire work of what we need to go do and deliver to onboard them smoothly, quickly, and minimize that time. We all have the buyer's remorse that happens between when we press pay on the payment link and then when we get the first action on the backside or the first confirmation that, hey, we, you, you really did make a good decision. So gold standard agencies do a really good job of minimizing that window between somebody paying and the first time that they feel value. So that implementation is, is the third step. The fourth step, which is really crucial, I think most teams skip over this piece or do a very, very light run through, but it's the expectation setting and team enablement. So that's like the 10 commandments is a great example. Hey, here's exactly what I expect out of you, Mandy. When you show up, here's what your morning routine is going to look like. Here's the stuff that you need to have done when you sign out every day. Here's how you're going to deal with these situations that come up. You you can't get everything done. You've got to reschedule something. That's fine. Here's how you do it. And then the training on, hey, here's how you're going to do all these things in the day-to-day. We can go longer on that one if you want to. But the fifth piece then, just to to tie a bow on this, is accountability and a continuous cycle for improvements. So you can train everybody, you can set these standards, you can build the framework. But if you just throw it out there in the wild and say, go at it, like go back and look a month later and it's going to start to fall apart and it'll continue to fall apart over time. So holding people accountable for agencies, we prescribe a really simple daily spot check, weekly roundup, monthly review, quarterly analysis framework for specific items that we're looking at at each of those frequencies. And then the cycles for improvement are built around, hey, what are we looking at? And the stuff that we're looking at on a monthly and quarterly basis are kind of higher level. And that might require some structural changes. Hey, we're not making any money when we do SEO versus paid ads. So we either need to charge more, get more efficient in our process. We got to figure something out there versus on a daily or weekly basis. It might just be, man, it didn't get her tasks updated again today. So like, that's just an activity, you know, Hey, I need to go coach her. So that's really the small, the activity-based stuff. And the bigger stuff is really the you know lower frequency monthly, quarterly stuff that we're looking at. That is absolute gold. I mean, you, you said that the gold standard, because that's something that takes like a decade to figure that out specific to your agency. And if you've already worked with 2,600 plus digital agencies, you already can see what's going to be working. I know, I know you've run and managed multiple companies. So you also have that experience as well. That is absolute gold. Thanks for sharing that. And I remember I actually got a chance to see this on the screen, an actual screenshot of this and how this is all integrated within ClickUp. And we're looking at this and I was like, MJ, get with Gray, his team immediately. We need to, we need to get some of this stuff in our ClickUp. And I just love what you've done on that because it's just such an elegant way of managing that. I really do. You kind of mentioned it. Like we do have a couple at bats now at running. This is my third different company, but I view what we're doing as a business much more along like in the scientist path of like, Hey, we're just kind of studying what really excellent agencies do and then trying to, you know, reverse engineer that to figure out, okay, like how can we take that 
and create a framework that takes a lot of that complexity and makes it as simple as possible for other agencies to plug into and get what works instead of having to try and reinvent the wheel and, and build this all out from scratch. And I want to point out something for our listeners is, is a distinction that's really key here. So what Gray has done is he's become an expert in his client, looking at what does this work? What works best? Under what conditions? What impacts that? He's looking at it like a scientist. And by doing that, he's continually making the service better and better and better and better and better. And that's what you do if you want to really to be able to scale a world-class consulting agency. Well, all the benefits just accumulate over time. Like I'm sure you've talked about this a million times on the podcast, so I'll keep this super short, but there are the ClickUp ecosystems growing like crazy. So we do get a lot of people who find us knowing about ClickUp and doing so, you know, looking up uh, ClickUp for agencies or whatever, and they find our guide or a webinar that ClickUp pulled us in to run or something like that. And so they come across us for that. And then we want to talking to them, but they might also be talking to three other ClickUp consultants or other people who do the same thing, who are all good at ClickUp and know ClickUp as well. The unfair advantage though, of being super tightly niched is we've got a framework and we've got training and we've got process templates and stuff that we can deploy on day one that nobody else in the world has because no one else has the same a general ClickUp consultant won't have it. And so everybody listening, like you can all do the same thing in whatever your industries are. If you're trying to figure out your offer for the first time, Mandy, you've got an unfair advantage versus the general business consultant because that's what you've done dozens and dozens and dozens of times versus if I'm just kind of general business consultant. I mean, no business well, I may have even built some good offers, but I don't have a, a framework that I can just plug in and say, oh, here's you know what works. We just need to tweak what you have to this model. So there is a lot of compounding that creates a lot of profitability on the back end of delivering that service, but it also creates a huge win for the end client in terms of getting results a lot faster and a lot less expensively. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I can give an example of that too, because we have this process to help our clients create this irresistible service product. And we put together this client success map and it's an offer they can double, triple, quadruple their price on it. Now, it used to take us about six to nine months to be able to walk through that, that whole process. And that's pretty normal. We can walk through it in three to four weeks now. And the reason why is exactly what you're talking about. It's being able to look at all the data that you have going through the process over and over again. You learn ways that you could be able to, to accelerate the pro to, to process. You know, the pieces are like, we know that in week two, there's going to be a huge mindset breakdown. We know that. So how do we be able to, to support them at that stage? Like hundred percent of the time, it's like, it's crazy. But it, and you know that you have those places within your, your systems when you're doing your implementation and like you're saying, it not only does it increase your profitability, but it allows you to be able to deliver results for your clients so much faster. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. That's a huge going from nine months to a month is wild. Uh, I know. And, it, and part of it too is, is like, and how we've done that is every time we see, we get to a certain place and we're just like, all right, what would it take to be able to double the results in half the time? We started that within like a 90 day period of time. What would it take? So we did a pilot cohort of that. And what we found is we were able to double the results with hundred percent of the clients that actually showed up. And there was only one person who didn't because she didn't do anything. We asked her, but everyone else got that. And so it comes from really setting that intention and like being that experience, being that scientist, like you're talking about from a place of curiosity, what is it going to take and keep on like raising that bar? Yeah. Then uh, you're just saying that, like, how do we double the impact and how do we make it better and better and better? That reminded me of have you heard the story of Brian Chesky? I'm sure this is probably famous and everyone knows it except for me. I hadn't heard it until recently, like the seven star experience, one of the co-founders of Airbnb and like had his team in a room. I was just trying to figure out like, how do we make this, you know, an epic experience for people where 
Airbnb doesn't like, it's not the cheaper, you know, younger, younger brother to a hotel. It's like a significantly better experience. And so, you know, get everyone in the room and just ask like, Hey, what is a, what is a five or four star experience look like? Okay. So what does a five star experience look like? And we're kind of outlines like, okay, here's what, you know, gold standard looks like. Okay. What would a six star experience look like? It's like, well, that's not even an option. Yeah. But if it was, what would that look like? And seven star, like, what would that look like? Okay. Well, seven now becomes the five star experience. Like the stuff that you think is crazy. Like that's what a five star experience looks like now. And just kind of breaking some of those mental buckets that we have around, oh, it couldn't get any better than a five-star. Well, if it could, what would that look like? And so it's, it's cool to hear kind of your story of, hey, we've done that same thing internally. And I think for us, that's been like some of those frameworks have been helpful to think through. You know, it takes the average agency three full months to get their ClickUp customized and built out. What would that look like if that was done in six weeks or in four weeks instead of 12 weeks? It's like, well, that's not possible. Well, if it was possible, what would that look like? And then just tugging at those. Like, that's the cool thing about solving the same problem over and over and different variants of it is you get to experiment with all that stuff and figure out what really does work. And you find out a lot of the conceptions that you had originally just are not true at all about what the world has to be like. There's rules that you thought were rules that are not rules at all. Oh, I love that. This is a great conversation. And this reminds me of this. If you want to see this, like crazy examples of this, Elon Musk's biography. It was an earlier one. It's got to be at least seven years old. And I liked this because it was pretty unbiased. It didn't have an agenda either way. It seemed like it actually observing how he ran his, ran his businesses kind of swung her in the way of more of favor at first being a bit of a skeptic. And this is a guy who was like, he sets the bar high and it creates the impossible, the absolute impossible. And that's what it takes that visionary drive to really be driving forward services that are exceptional and that you're creating true innovation in your industry. When you're creating a whole, you're carving a whole space where you completely own the industry. And I'm excited to have you here on to having this discussion, Gray, because that's what you guys have done with Zenpilot. I mean, you're completely owning the whole industry in this sector. Yeah. It's the power of just a really, really tight focus. You see the same problem, you solve the same problem over and over, like kind of can't help getting better and better at. So, Right. That's great. So I wanted to also just kind of talk about, so obviously setting up all of these standards in your company, it's not easy. And this is some, one of the things that, and I know this too, because last year we went through this whole process and we were actually moving away from Podio into ClickUp. And I, I mean, I saw ClickUp, I'm like, I know we have to be there. The timing was terrible. We had to do it. I just knew we had to. So I got our team involved and say, you know what? We're just going to hire a company to help us implement this. They had a great recommendation from a colleague and it totally crashed and burned the entire thing. And my team ended up having to like rescue it. And part of the problem is I didn't even know what I was looking for within that. And I think it was ClickUp was still so new at the time that, I mean, I, they were certified, but I just, they didn't have the ability at the, at the level that you have. So I'm like very emphatically... <laughs> suggesting if you're if you're looking at, at streamlining your your project management systems and you know you need to make a change find someone who's really good at it who knows your industry and has an 80% structure already set that's where we went wrong we went wrong cuz they took a look at our systems and they said all right well let's go ahead and refine what you have and then we're going to go ahead and and implement it but they didn't know enough about our industry to be able to really give good recommendations and that's where we went wrong. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is that I still would recommend just paying the money and having someone else do this. It is not worth eating up your team's bandwidth on this, especially now with the tight labor markets. It's just, just pay to get it done. Yeah. 
one thing that would have helped you, and so this is partially talking our own book, right? This is what we do at Zenpilot. So I'll put my bias on the table first, but I'm primarily sharing this just for the benefit of agencies who are listening. But if you broke out, so when we're leading an agency through the process, we break out that systems design piece into its own separate engagement. For us, it's called the blueprint, but who cares what it's called? You can call it whatever you want in your agency. And the challenge is too often agencies are just kind of like, okay, walk me through everything that you need. I'll do, I'll do a really good job of consultative selling. I'll listen to everything that you need. And then I'll quote that and say, here, you know, here's a couple extra toppings that we could throw on top. Here's an option of what it looks like. And the problem is you wind up building what somebody said that they wanted if they already knew the game plan to get there. Like they probably wouldn't have all the pain points that they're having if they already knew what the exact playbook looks like. So if you can break off the first piece of what you do and do the thinking piece, like, hey, we're going to walk through systems design. When we lead people through designing, here's what the entire system needs to look like. Here's what every single process that needs to get built out in priority order looks like. And here's how your team's going to engage with the system. We press on a lot of things there that they say, hey, no, it's okay. We've already got a process for that. And when we press on it, like why? Half the time the answer is, I have no idea. It's just like how we've, we've always done it. It seems like it's working okay right now, but it's just what we've done. There's no thought behind it. And if you showed us a better way, you know, right away, we would say, oh yeah, I don't actually know why we've got that extra step in the process when we could just do those two things at once. And then half the time people are like, no, we've got a legitimately good reason. Like our industry requires this amount of documentation. So it looks like it'd be more efficient to do it that way, but we, we can't, we're tied to doing this or whatever. So by breaking it out, a couple of things happen. Obviously, one, you get to smoke out those issues that are going to become huge problems, like you know, with a lot lower risk for both sides and a lot faster because you have to map this out all first. But you also get the chance for both sides to live through the experience together of realizing like, hey, we've got stuff to learn from each other. If we had all the answers, we'd probably already have that built. That's probably correct. Like we do need to learn from you about what gold standard actually looks like. And then on the flip side, you guys need to learn from us a little bit about, hey, here's the stuff that legitimately should be customized for our business. And so, and anybody can, that's obviously in our, in our life, that's, you know, hey, here's how we're going to design your ClickUp and, and general tooling infrastructure and all your processes and, and team engagement. But you know, do the same thing if you're selling websites or selling, you know, marketing engagement, like, Hey, we're going to do the thinking first and then we're going to build it out, you know, on the back end once you're comfortable with that plan. And once we've actually established that that is the right plan for your business. So I think anytime you can split that off, there's cases that I've seen agencies do super well where it's not split off or it's, you know, it's typically gonna be the first part of the engagement anyways, whether it's part of a longer term engagement or its own thing, but that's been a really helpful principle for our business. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and what I was sharing before too, is that I want to just come back to something on this too, around when you're starting a new initiative in your consulting agency, one of the things I find works really well is to be thinking about, you know, what is the cost of us implementing this? And what is the cost of us not implementing this? And looking at that from the long-term angle, is this aligned with our vision? where we want to get to in three years, is this going to help us get there? And if it's not, then it's probably not a high priority project, but if it is, and it's going to be able to accelerate your path, you want to look at that and say, how can we invest in this? And do we want to invest our own team's time in this? What is the cost of that? Because this is something that, that we've fallen to, into a trap of in, in the years past is having our own team implement it. I trust them. I know they're going, I know they're going to do it the way we want it, but the challenge with that is that it eats up the capacity to do other things to be able, and, and it, you actually I noticed as a CEO, I would pull back on our business, our own business development because they didn't have the space. And what is the cost of that? I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars cost, right? Potentially millions, depending on the, the time frame. Right. So that's one of the things that I really encourage our listeners to be thinking through when they're making decisions like this, because 
when you take on extra projects internally and you're not actually well-equipped to do them, the opportunity cost can be so much higher than you could possibly imagine. These are things that we are recommending to our clients. So I'm sharing that because I just, I want people to think about this, think about the way that they invest in their company in different ways, because that short-sighted way of seeing the business is one of the biggest things that I see that keeps the CEO not only stuck in the day-to-day of the business because they, they're continuing this cycle, they just can't get past it, but it also slows down growth too. Yeah. I think we all, maybe not, that's not true actually. There are some people who I know who seem like since the beginning of their business, they've had this mindset. I had a good friend, Jeremiah Smith, who runs a cool agency called Simple Tiger on our podcast agency journey a couple of weeks ago. And it's been pretty core to them kind of for their whole life cycle that they've invested in outside consultants or coaches. They're pretty much always working with somebody. But that really didn't click for me until like six years into our business where kind of got over the cost of like, well, we don't need them. They're not a full-time employee. Like I'd rather just hire more people internally and realize there's a huge amount of value in using outside resources who've specialized in that one specific thing that you're trying to solve and getting that framework built or that consulting help just to free up our bandwidth to say, hey, let people as much as possible keep doing the thing that they're good at. So I think it's a really astute point. Absolutely. Well, thanks for sharing that. So Gray, where can people find you? Yeah. Zenpilot.com is the website. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I'm, I think my username pretty much everywhere is S Gray McKenzie, which is almost impossible to spell. So good luck. But Zenpilot.com is the easiest place to find us. And, and do you have a resource that you might want to share? Yeah, I think so. Two things that'd be helpful for people potentially. One would be if you want to see like, what is a gold standard process template? So going a little more granular, but what is a gold standard process template inside of ClickUp look like? Zenpilot.com slash OT. And we'll get you for OT for onboarding template. You'll be able to actually download one of the things that's in our install for agencies when we're plugging in ClickUp kind of on day one for them. But on a higher level, if you go to zenpilot.com slash PM dash benchmark or search for the the project management health benchmark. We do in that blueprint process for years now, we've been running this survey of agency teams, taking a lot of that data now and packaged it up. And so you get to go through the 20 question survey yourself and then can get your own score in terms of how you stack up on your project management health. But then you also get to benchmark your performance against a couple thousand other agency um, results, which is kind of fun to see how do we stack up versus other agencies and what's the standard, what's our gap and back to the gap, like what's the gap between where we are today and where we're trying to go. We always have, you know, pretty much for the rest of life, there should always be a gap between where we are today and what our future goal is. And as we hit that goal, we should be setting higher and loftier goals. So wherever you are in that journey, that should be a tool that that helps you. Well, great. Love that. Really great. I was just looking at that assessment that that looks really valuable. So thanks so much for sharing that, Gray. And thanks again for being on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Mandy.